that's the thing for me. It's like, how well do you own yourself? Yeah. How well do you know yourself? How committed to yourself are you? How much are you prepared to go? This is me. And I'm not apologizing for that. Now it doesn't mean you never have behaviors that you need to apologize for. We all do. You will get stuff wrong sometimes. We all say things, do things and go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. That's, that's normal. That's called being human. But we shouldn't apologize for who we are. No. We might apologize for what we do, but we shouldn't apologize for who we are. You know, it's the big difference between guilt and shame, right? Guilt's a good emotion because guilt says, I had this behavior. I shouldn't have done it and I won't do it again. Yeah. Shame says, I have a problem with me. And if you're walking around with a problem with you, something needs to change there's actually um saying shame there is actually one of the bits in this book i'm just gonna see if i can find it there is actually a bit in here called shame there is a page that says shame on it and shame is an acronym and it breaks down self-harm mindless escape okay and so the whole page just says shame self-harm and mindless escape that was my addiction in an acronym and a description. That's powerful. That is, that's really good. Cause you think about it. What, what do we do if we go to the gym to the extreme? Self-harm. Self-harm. Yeah. What do we do if we drink to the extreme? Self-harm. Self-harm. What do we do if we binge Netflix and stay on the sofa to the extreme? Other streaming services are available. Yeah. It's not only Netflix, yeah. you know, but, but what do we do if we do that? It's yeah. a form. It's a form of self harm. What do we do if we if we if we eat the wrong food all the time and we know it's the wrong food and we know it's not good for our bodies, but we keep even eating it anyway to try and change the way we feel? It's self harm. Yeah. You know, people when you say self harm, think of someone cutting themselves or you know doing doing those kinds of behaviours. That's self harm too, but it's not the only self harm. No, there's lots of ways. You're right. Yeah. You know, negative self talk, self harm. Yeah. yeah. If you talk to yourself in a way you'd never let anyone else talk to you, that's self-harm. You're in an abusive relationship with yourself. It's time to leave. And when I say it's time to leave, I don't mean it's time to check out from life. Yeah. I mean, it's time to stop treating yourself that way. If you yeah. wouldn't allow another person to treat you like that, don't allow yourself to do it either. It's self-harm. You know. And if you're looking for mindless escape from who you are, it's self-harm. And... I actually think we live in a world where, you know, mental illness isn't, it's still got a stigma to it. It's still not talked about enough, but it affects one in four people. Yeah. And, you know, I've had my own experiences with mental illness. I've managed to turn that around and get my mental health into a really good place, a really strong place and to be able to help other people. But that doesn't mean that I don't have challenges sometimes too. Yeah. You know, know, in the last year, I spent time working with a therapist because there were some specific things that came up that I felt a need need to deal with. Okay. I make time every single day to work on myself. Sometimes I get external help to help me work on myself. You know, it's an ongoing journey. And I think the more we can all be open about that and be honest about that and share about that, the better it gets for everybody. Yeah. But we live in a world where most people are like, oh, I can't talk about this. Oh, I, I don't want anyone to know. Yeah. You know, Nath, Nath, you need, you need to cut this bit, mate. You, you, you can't broadcast this. What if people find out? I, I just stop. wrote that down, actually, because I actually think that would be a really good subject for us to talk about in the future, actually. I think that'd be really good about the whole men's mental health. You know, we can have an open discussion about that. Yeah, sure. But, um, you know, but I think, I mean, I think in all seriousness, the big thing for me is um, 
we all go through struggle in life. Yeah. And we should talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I broke my leg, everyone can see I broke my leg. You know, when, when I tore the ligaments off my right ankle and I was in a cast for six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it was, and, you know, I was on crutches and all that kind of stuff, everyone could see it. And people made allowances because of it. You know, and, you know, I went through, um, I went through an airport because I was running a juice retreat in Turkey while I had this cast on, okay? And, you know, I got driven through the airport on a little buggy and I got to jump all the queues and it was great. It's the, it's the way to travel through an airport. You know, it's almost like, you know, can I rent a cast every time I want to fly? Because <laughs> it, it just made life easier. Yeah. But people make massive allowances because they can see it and they go, oh, yeah. poor bloke, he's hurt himself. Yeah. But if you've got, mental challenges, emotional challenges, spiritual challenges, first of all, they're often invisible. Yeah. You know, if you're dealing with something like bereavement, no one sees that. No one sees it unless you tell them. They might see there's something different about you, but they won't know what it is. No one sees it unless you tell them, mm. right? Um, you know, if you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with depression, you're, you're dealing, you know, which are the two most common mental illnesses in this country, by the way. You know, but if you're dealing with things like that, it's not, it's not transparent. Like you, you come on the Zoom call this morning, you could be dealing with anything in your life right now and I don't know it. Yeah. I only know it if you tell me. But otherwise, I don't know it. I just go, oh, Nate's got a smile on his face. Life must be pretty good. But I don't know if he's just put that smile on for this. I don't know if he's putting on a show for me or if that's the truth, right? Because I can't see it. Yeah, unless you speak out and chat about it, isn't it? That's it. And, it, and it's, it's having the courage to do that. It's being brave enough to do that. It's being brave enough to go, this is me. I don't make apologies for who I am anymore. Um, like I say, I might make apologies for some of my behavior, but I don't make apologies <laughs> for who I am anymore. And, um, you know, if you can't accept that, well, do me a favor, make room for somebody that can. Mm. Get out, you know, get out of the way, yeah. get out of my life. And, and that's not me asking anyone to disappear out of my life, by the way. That's just me saying I'm prepared to have that happen if it means that it leaves me more comfortable with me. Yeah. It's that that Polaroid effect, doesn't it? You attract the right people in that way. Yeah. And and, and I think overall for me, I think, again, I think one of the biggest things that I can say about life in general and the journey I've been on and, you know, my, my own journey in terms of my health and my mental health, and we've talked about this a little bit previously, but my own journey in terms of my health and my mental health and everything else, um, you know, it spans over a decade now. I mean, it, it obviously it, span, it spans my entire life, right? Yeah. Um, but the change in it, you know, has been going on for, I want to say, I want to say about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it was probably around 2006 where I realized I really needed to make some kind of changes or I wasn't going to be around much longer. Mm-hmm. The biggest changes then started to happen in 2009. So it took me three years at least between knowing I needed to do something and doing it. Um, and then it's been progressive since then. But I think the biggest single thing for me, and and I can say this with, you know, with conviction, the biggest single thing for me is getting honest with myself to the point that now I put my head on a pillow at the end of the day and I'm all right with who I am. I'm all right with the person that lives inside my own skin. And for the majority of my life, I wasn't. Because I thought I had to be something, I had to prove something, I had to like, I had to impress people, and they'd tell me I was good enough. They'd tell me I was okay. The difference now is I just know it. Yeah, it's instinctive. It's who I am, and not everyone's going to like me, and that's okay. Some people are going to read my books and they're going to go, "They're a pile of crap." 
Okay, that's fine. That's your opinion. You're entitled to it. Somebody somebody else is going to read it and go, this is the best book I've ever read. Um, I don't think I should believe either of those people. You know, it's not the best book that's ever been written, in my opinion. It's not the worst book that's ever been written, in my opinion. And I wrote it. You know, what it is, is it's a pouring of my soul onto the paper. And actually, both books are that, really, because Dumb Beats Perfect is still based on my life experience. It's based on the things that I've learned and the tools I've used to transform my life. It's based on the things that enabled me to lose five and a half stone in weight, to go from having cameras put places no one wants cameras to go. And Nathan, you've heard me say this before, but those cameras feel like a full-blown BBC production crew when they're (laughs) inside your body. It is not fun. You know, I've gone from not being able to walk up a set of stairs without getting out of breath to running ultra marathons. You know, I, I've had a massive, massive turnaround in my life that's la- that's been in a period of about 15 years, but the majority of it was more than a decade ago and it's lasted more than a decade. Yes. You know, yeah. this isn't about how do I make a quick change that will last six months. This is about how do I turn my entire damn life around and keep living that life that makes me more and more comfortable with who I am on a daily basis. And I don't say that lightly and I don't say that to make promises to anybody that's going to work for you. It's just what worked for me. And, so, say, I, and we, so I documented it and I put it in a book, you know, and yeah. that's it. And I think that's spot on. And I think there's going to be loads of people which will be inspired and learn a lot from that. And I think that brings us part up to the last part. And that is what's next for Neil Martin? Oh, mate, really? What's next for me? I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, there, there's been so much going on in my life over over an extended period of time and it continues to do that um you know i the last year or so has been weird because of lockdown and you know covid19 and the impact that's had on all of us you know normally i'm on stage at least once or twice a week doing the kind of thing we're doing here on this podcast but to a big audience right i haven't been able to do that in the same way i've done some stuff on zoom but it's not the same that's enabled me to write and publish two books Mm-hmm. which I probably wouldn't have got round to if I'd still been traveling everywhere and speaking and stuff. So, you know, there, there is a benefit that's come out of it, albeit it's not one I was looking for. Yeah. Um, I'm actually in the process of writing book number three at the moment, even though I've, two books have come out so far this year and we're only in May. I'm, I'm in the process of writing book number three, which is actually based on my podcast, Your Best Year Starts Here, that I do with my friend Nigel Risner. And we're co-authoring a book together called Your Best Year Starts Here. Um, we're about I'd say we're probably about 34, somewhere between 30 and 40% of the way through the writing process for that book. Um, but the intention is it will be available by the end of June slash early July. Now we're recording this, you know, and it's almost the end of May. And so yes. there'll be some people going, how the hell are you going to turn a book around in like another month, six weeks? Well, here's the truth. Um, I've done it with the last two. <laughs> pretty much you know once you once you understand the process of writing and publishing a book it doesn't have to be that complicated it's actually easier than everybody thinks um and because nigel and i have been working together for nearly two and a half years now you know we know each other's style we know how to bring things together we've got yeah we've got 130 140 episodes something like that of our podcast that really what we've done for the book is we've gone okay well what 12 of the episodes that have really kind of made an impact okay now how do we bring those together in a way that makes you know we didn't go what were the 
most impactful episodes. We actually went, okay, roughly how many chapters do we want in our book? About 12. Okay, what are 12 episodes that we know have made a big impact where we've got like lots of feedback from people or whatever? Okay, do they make sense if we try and put them into like a logical order? Okay, yeah, they do. All right, let's use that as the, as the foundation for the book. But a lot of the stuff that's in the book has never been in the podcast. So although it's so although it's based on the podcast, it's not like a transcription that's been rehashed by a ghostwriter or something. You know, it's different. Yes. And um, actually, one of the things we put in the beginning of the book, I'm, I'm going to see if I can pull this up. I've got my obviously we're recording this for a computer, so I'm going to see if I can pull this up on my computer in front of me for a minute, just while we're talking. And I can, yeah, cool. One of the things we've actually put right in the front of the book. And this might change by the time you read it. Okay. Um, but literally the first two lines of the, the, the title of the first chapter is how are you feeling today? And it says, let's start with the good news. Your best year starts here and it starts now. But before we start work on that, there is one thing we need to do. This might, uh, this might be a weird thing to say at the very start of a book, but right now we want you to pause. And that pause breaks down into five things where we basically want you to create an assessment of where your life is today. And P-A-U-S-E is physical, attitude, usefulness, spirituality, and energy. So basically, where are you in terms of your physical body? You know, is your body where you want it to be? Is your health where you want it to be? Are you looking after yourself in the way that you want to be? Because let's face it, we all know. I don't need someone else to assess me to tell me whether I'm looking after myself properly or not. I know. I might not want to admit it, but I know. Yeah. Right. So if I get honest, that's number one. Second bit, attitude. What is my attitude to life today? How do I show up in terms of my mental health, my emotions, my behaviors, the way I think about things, the way I talk to my, how do I deal with all of that stuff? Where am I today? If I was going to give myself a score one to 10, where am I really? Right. Usefulness. How useful am I to other people? How much am I of service to other people? How much do I show, show up in a way that I add value to other people's lives? Spirituality. What's my connection with something bigger than me? Now, you know, I'm not going to get into a whole uh, philosophical or theological debate about what's God and all that kind of stuff. Somebody once said to me, there's only two things you need to know about God. There is one. It ain't you. <laughs> right? And... I think there is so much truth in that in terms of there's something bigger than all of us. I don't yes. care what you call it. I don't care. You know, you don't have to have a book about it. It doesn't, you don't have to read the Bible or the Quran or like you, you might choose to, you might not, it doesn't matter. But I think we can all be honest enough to say there's something bigger than us in this world that connects this world together. Yes. And it's how tapped into that are you today? How do you feel about that today? And then finally energy, you know, how much energy do you bring to the table? you know how awake and alive do you feel when you get up in the morning are you are you reaching for the snooze button or are you going yes it's another day i'm here you know i can stretch my arms out they're not smacking into a wooden box that's a good start let me carry on right you know it's that understanding of where am i on all those things and without going into too much detail about the book one thing i will say is this we then just ask the question okay what if your life got just five percent better in every area so your physical health, what if it was 5% better than it is today? What if your attitude or your mindset was 5% better than it is today? What if you were 5% more useful to the other people in your life? What if you felt, uh, felt like you were 5% more connected to other human beings? And what if your energy for life was just 5% better? 
how much better would your life be overall? Make a massive difference, wouldn't it? It'd be your best year, wouldn't it? Yeah. And yeah. that's and that's basically the the bones of the book. So you know, what's next for Neil? Get that book done. Um, starting to get a few inquiries about people running live events again as the world starts to reopen, which is really exciting for me because I love being on stage and I can't wait to be yeah. back in front of an audience. And you know, some of that stuff is now starting to come together, yeah. but it is early days. It's not there yet. So it's fingers crossed, and you know, hoping hoping everything that's happening in terms of rollout of vaccines and all that kind of stuff is making an impact. Yeah. Again, I know, I know different people have different opinions on whether we should have vaccines and whether there's microchips in them and all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to get into that debate. All I am going to say is, you know, I just hope that whatever we're doing gives us a solution that we can get our lives back on track. Definitely. 100%. Um, and so, yeah, you know, so it's those things in terms of the physical health, I will be doing the phase one follow on program and the phase two follow on program and, and all that stuff for 75 hard. Um, I've had a few people asking me about doing my own spin on it, actually, you know, because of all the stuff I did with Juice Junkie and, you know, being a fitness instructor and all those kinds. Of, I've had a few people who go, Neil, you know, maybe you should run your own program that's kind of around this. Now, if I do, I'm not going to rip off Andy Frisella's stuff. You know, he gives it away for free. I'm not going to charge people for something that I've got given for free. I will never do that. Um, but I have considered doing some kind of like online group coaching, health and fitness thing, which if I do it, will go back to my, the premise I've talked about for years now, which is attitude intake and movement. Mm. You know, how do you think about health? How do you, um, you know, what do you put in and on your body? And that's not just about food. There's many, many things that fall into that intake category. Um, you know, and how, how much do you move on purpose? You know, because let's face it, if you look at your attitude to life, the intake to your body and the way you move, that, that's pretty much what you need to know about health, right? It's those three things. And where most of the fitness industry falls, falls short in my world is they don't do all three. They do one, maybe two of those three things. If you want sustained results, you have to do all three. And the most important one actually is the attitude. The most important one is you shift the way you think about yourself and your health. And if you get that into the right place, the behaviors in terms of what you put in and on your body and how you move your body will naturally follow because you become the person that does those things. Whereas if you don't become that person, you do those things for a little while, it's a diet or it's a six week transformation or something. And yeah, it takes take six, take six weeks to transform. It takes six months to transform back, <laughs> you know, because it's, it, it, you slacken off and it, and it doesn't, you don't instantly go back to where you were. You don't really notice it until no. one, one day you look in the mirror and you go, Oh, what was the point of all of yeah, that? All crept back slowly, but surely. If you're not exactly. Exactly. And some, and some people at the point that happens, they go, oh, I better do another six week transformation. Yeah. Some people go, oh, what's the point? I don't know why I bothered doing, doing it in the first yeah, place. This is, clearly how I'm supposed, this is actually how I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and some people go, okay, well, clearly a quick fix is not what I need. How do I do something that's a lifestyle change? Yeah. And, and my big bit of advice to anybody, and I mean, we've been talking for, what, 45 minutes, getting on, you know, somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour now. Um, I think my big bit of advice to anybody is stop looking for the, the quick answers. We live in a world where it's all about what's the latest hack, yeah. what's the what's the what's the latest little cheat, what's the latest. You know, it's like everyone wants the cheat codes to the game rather than figuring out how to play it. Right? Patience has gone down. Tension spans gone down. Isn't yeah, it? but 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 there is no cheat code to life. Nah. There's also no there's also no like specific um, like there's 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 not a, there's not a league table or high score. Nah. You're, not in, you're not in competition with anybody but yourself. 
right? Regardless of what you do, you're not in, comp- in, in, you know, in business and things, it can feel like it's a competition, but you're not. You're not in a competition with anybody but yourself. Your only goal is to be better than you were yesterday. That's it, right? You know, or at least as good as you were yesterday. You know, if, if your life is already a 10 out of 10 in every single area, first of all, you're lying, so stop. <laughs> but secondly, you know, if you believe you're really, really close to that, then your focus is how do you maintain it? Yeah. You know, we again, we live in a world where everyone wants more. Well, sometimes actually less is more. Sometimes like the ability to pause, to slow down, to do less, that that's the more you're craving. It's not actually how you fill your life with more stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And um, you know, those are the kind of lessons that I think a lot of us are, you know, are slowly figuring out, but it's taking time to learn because we live in a world that tries to sell us on the idea of we need more of everything. Yeah. We, we don't need more of everything. You've already got everything you already need what you need to do and i don't like telling people what they need to do actually so i'll I'll change my words there slightly what my experience tells me that i needed to do was to get comfortable with who i am what my experience tells me about what i needed to do was to say okay who am i who do i want to be and what am i prepared to put into becoming that person what am i prepared to give up to become that person? What am I prepared to sacrifice to become that person? And there's a line in the the movie Rocket Man, which I've watched this weekend. I've seen it a few times, but I watched it again this weekend. And there's a, there's a line in that film that says, I can't remember the exact words, but it's something like, you know, in order to become the person you want to be, you have to kill the person you were born to be. Yeah, I, it, I might I might have those words slightly wrong, but it's it's something very very similar to that. And yeah. I think it's basically a you know, my conditioning's told me who I'm supposed to be. I've got I got to let go of that. I got to, I got to be prepared to kill that guy. Yeah, to become the person I know I should be. And very often, I think what we really need to do is look at what were the dreams I had as a little kid. How many of those are actually how I live? Now, if I close my eyes and I really allow myself to think about it, how many of those things do I actually still want? But I've allowed life to get in the way and tell me that they're less important. Because I guarantee you, deep down inside of you, you already know exactly what you want out of life. Yeah, I believe that as well. You might not know how to get it, but you already know it. We certainly know when it's wrong. And we sort of almost search. Yeah. Right, haven't we? Yeah. And, and gut feel, you know, and listening to your heart and listening to your gut and paying attention to your body. You know, when you're talking to someone and you suddenly get a pain somewhere, yeah, just from a conversation, pay attention to that. Yeah. You know, when you get a chill down your spine, pay attention to that. If you get a, a strong physical reaction to a moment, there is a reason for it. Most of us just laugh it off or ignore it, but there's a reason for it. And you know, the, the thing I can't stress enough based on my own experience is the more honest you are with yourself about who you are, the better your life becomes, the quicker the change you want can show up. But if you keep kidding yourself or trying to convince yourself of something you know is not true, you're going to stay in that loop forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have to have that level of acceptance and honesty. You have to be prepared to put the work in and going right back to the stuff about 75 hard. And I think unless there's anything you want to add or ask me, this is what probably where I'll wrap up my bit. Yeah. Um, life is always hard if you want it to be. The question is what hard do you want? Yeah. There will always be something you have to sacrifice. The question is what, you know, 
do you know what you want and are you prepared to go to any lengths to get it? And if you're not prepared to go to any lengths to get it, do you really want it enough? Mm. You know, when I was 20, I don't know, 22, 23 years old, something like that, maybe 24, but you know, early twenties, I was sat in a, in a, in a lecture room with a business lecturer who was teaching a, a postgraduate course in management. And, um, he started off in, I think pretty sure it was the first lecture of the course. And he said, every single person in this room could be a millionaire. And a lot of us were looking at each other like, what's he on? He said, now every single person in this room has the ability to become a millionaire. The question is, what are you prepared to give up? What do you value more, money or your family? What do you value more, you know, playing sports or, you know, hanging out with your mates or working on a business? Which things do you value the most? Because the things you value the most are the things that will dictate what you actually have in your life. Yeah. And, you know, if you, if you think having money is the answer to everything, it's not, by the way, I can yeah. tell you from experience, um, money's an amplifier. If you're miserable, you, you'll find more things to be miserable about. If you're generous, you'll find more ways to be generous. If you're a skin flint, you'll find more things that you feel you need to hold on to. All money does is take what you already make it louder. It ain't yeah. going to fix anything. Um, Almost leverages a behavior, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. But, you know, but if you, if you make money a priority in your life, then you'll make more, you know, almost certainly you'll make more of it. You know, if you go, uh, you know, making money is more important to me than seeing my kids or seeing my significant other or spending time with my friends or my physical body, like you'll make the money, right? You want to, you want to see how I know that go look at the pictures of me from 2008, 2009. And you're looking at a guy that was making a lot of money, was wearing nice clothes, was driving a nice car, you know, was having some fantastic holidays. You know, I mean, I, I stayed in a hotel where I had my own butler once. I mean, you know, not, not everyone gets to do that kind of stuff. But I was depressed and I was miserable. And I didn't really like my life back then. You know, and I didn't like how I felt in my own body back then. And I didn't like the lack of energy I had and the, you know, the inability to do some fairly basic things but I was making money because that's what I was focused on. And the point is, whatever it is you really want, it's achievable if you're prepared to give up everything else. Yeah. And then the the final bit I'd say on that is you probably don't want to give up everything else. It's about finding the right balance. Yeah. You know, it's about going, what are those key areas of my life and how do I actually keep them all, you know, at, at a level that I'm comfortable with and that works for me. Yeah. Um, I don't have all the answers. I don't pretend to, I never will pretend to. Okay. But what I, what I do have is this, I have my experience and I have an open mind. Yeah. And that open mind means that I'm forever learning new experiences. And as I do, you know, they, they come into my life and we'll probably have a conversation in six months or a year or two years where I might contradict every single thing I've said today, or I might not. I don't know. I won't know until I get there. And that's the point. I don't have to have it all figured out. I just have to show up and play my part. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I know we've got a bit philosophical in places on this episode, but, you know, if you're listening to this, I, I'm, I'm going to leave you with a couple of things. Number one is Done Beats Perfect. I know it's the title of my book, but more than anything, it's my mantra for life. It's the way I live. You know, it's better to try something and fail than it is not to have tried at all because the things you learn from getting it wrong help you get it better next time or help you get something else better next time. 
you know, look at people in relationships that go from one to another, to another, to another, to another. And every single one of those relationships ends up being like the last one. It's because they didn't learn anything. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to what's going on, pay attention, learn. You know, people that go from job to job to job and moan about every single employee, uh, sorry, every single employer that they work for. It's because they haven't learned anything about themselves. It's not the employer's fault, it's them. And yeah. that's a hard lesson, but it's true, yeah. right? So whatever it is that's in your life, pay attention to it. Show up as the best version of you. Be open to learning about yourself. You know, discover who you are. Decide what you want. Operate as if you're the person that knows how to get it. Take note of the progress you're making against it and evolve, you know, and change. And be open to that change. And, you know, it's worth it, you know. And if you're struggling with your mental health or any kind of mental illness, talk to people. I guarantee you somebody else's story has already got the keys that unlock your prison. You just need to find that person. Yeah. So, you know, don't, don't, don't suffer in silence, be open, be prepared to talk to people, make the hard decisions, make the hard calls. And, um, and you know, everything in life changes. If your life, if this is the best day of your life right now, I hate to tell you tomorrow's a different day. You know, if today's the, if today feels like the worst day of your life, the good news is tomorrow's a different day. Yeah. Whatever's going on, it doesn't last forever. And yeah. uh, I think, you know, this, in, this, this episode could last forever if I don't shut up. So I'll stop there. No problem. Uh, and what I'll do for the listeners, I'll leave in the description both your books. So they've got the option there. And also I could leave a link to your podcast as well. No absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Feel free. Um, you know, if, if you want a little motivational kick up the ass from me and Nigel, every Monday, new episode comes out. Uh, most of them are about 10 to 12 minutes long. You know, some somehow when Nigel and I are talking, we managed to get a cut off. When Nathan and I talk, we say we're going to do like a 20 minute episode and it runs for about an hour. So I apologize for that. Uh, it just seems to be the thing that happens. Yeah, that's fine. No problem at all. Thanks for coming on again. And no doubt we'll have another chat in the future. Cheers, mate. See you soon. Thanks, mate. See you later.